0: Thanks for joining us for another inspiring message from Elevate Church in Perth, Australia. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app, available wherever you download your apps. As Mark uh, kind of alluded to, we've only met each other a couple of times, um, and only recently. So, uh, thank you for welcoming me, welcoming me even here this morning. It's fun to be a part of you. Um, you just feel like such a, a family in this space, and. Uh, you might not realise how special that is. You might get a bit familiar with how that feels every Sunday, but can I just say there's something really special here and it's really a privilege to come this morning and, uh, and speak some uh, encouraging words, hopefully, to you uh, from the Word of God and to just encourage us towards God's peace that He has for us. But I thought, seeing as your family... How about I introduce my family? Because um, I'm here on my own today, but I uh, have a little photo to show you guys. So you can see this is my crew. This is my tribe. Um, so my husband Gavin and I've got uh, four beautiful kids. Uh, Zach's my oldest, then Nelly, then Miller in front of me, and then Eden. So they're my crew. They couldn't be here today. Because we are having one of those weekends and we are in a hundred million places in two days. So um, they're not here with me. But I just wanted you to, to see them because, you know, whenever you see one person right here, there's so much more to the story that you don't always get to hear. So um, that's part of, my, of who I am and you'll hear more about that um, as I go on. So here we are, Mastermind Series. I've been listening along at home um, so I could make sure that when I gathered with you today, what I spoke was of of benefit and and to you. So um, so you've had some great messages from Mark. You know, he started off talking about how we win the war in our minds. Do you remember that? And, uh, and then the next week he came and he spoke about training your mind and what it looks like to grab those thoughts and to give them some intentionality. And then last week, if you were here, Louisa got up and spoke a great word of, uh, around worry and anxiety and uh, really unpacked a passage in Philippians. And um, I hope you're encouraged by that as she shared some of her own story and uh, really paved the way to, to help us understand that there, sometimes life's bumpy. Sometimes it doesn't always go smooth, but actually God doesn't leave us unequipped to handle those moments. So, um, so if you haven't had the privilege of listening to those messages, do what I did. Jump on the website, jump on the app and have a listen and uh, you can get caught up to speed. But this morning, we're finishing off this series by looking at the peace of God. Now, as Mark already alluded to in the introduction, peace is something that we all want, but so often just eludes us. It seems like one of those things that just when you think you might grab it, it kind of disappears in your hands. It, it you know, becomes powder, it turns to dust. And uh, sometimes I feel like we're all chasing peace, but we're not quite able to grab it. But what does it look like for us as followers of Christ? As people here in this place pursuing Jesus, whatever that looks like for you, whether you, today's your first morning in church or whether you've been doing that for many years, you've come here today because you, you are seeking something. There's something in you that recognises that I can't do this on my own. Actually, I've tried that and it doesn't work too well. I fall short. I come up short. And those words in that song, Jared, were so true. You know, that idea that I'm not enough unless you come. For those of us that have walked this journey for some time, we've come to a place of recognising that that sense of weakness is actually the beginning of my strength as I recognise that unless God comes, unless Christ comes into my, um, into my experience, then I just will continually fall short. So let's look at peace this morning. As I said to you, you know, as a, as a, uh, a busy family, we understand that challenge. And uh, this weekend was one of those weekends where everything just happened to fall. So you can imagine my joy when our leaders decided that they'd throw an election in this weekend as well. <laughs> You know, I sat down and I worked it out and by from Friday afternoon to Sunday night, we have 12 different events that we want to be at. And I don't mean just fun things. I mean like nephews' 18th birthday parties. I mean the privileges speaking here, um, all stuff that did not feel optional. So how do you in the midst of life, wanting to engage in the people around you, wanting to live life in a way that's fun and exciting, how do you find a peace? Because our calendar is never going to find a space that has peace written on it, is it? You know, if we wait for the leftovers and go like, oh, when I get a chance, when I get round to it, we're going to be chasing our tails. But this morning I'm so um, excited to be able to share with you some scriptures, some, some um, passages from the Bible that talk about the peace of God. And then I'm going to unpack a little bit how we can have access to that peace and in line with our Mastermind series, going to look at what are some of the thoughts, what are some of the processes in our own minds that actually become barriers to us receiving that peace from God. So let me share with you some Scriptures. They're from all over the place, so um, I can't, they're, they're not just from one particular um, book in the Bible, but why don't you just read along with me and we'll, um, we'll see the picture that it paints. The first passage It's from Philippians 4, verse 7, and it should sound familiar. Louisa spoke a bit about this last week, and it says, God's peace will guard your hearts and our minds as we live in Christ Jesus. So God's peace will guard our hearts and our minds as we live in Christ Jesus. Let's go to the next one. Jesus says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. May the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every situation. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. Did anyone pick up on any theme in those passages? Clearly I've had more time to think about it, so it's okay if you don't come up with it straight away. But as I read those passages around peace, what struck me was each of them references that peace and relationship with God go hand in hand. The peace that's spoken about is God's peace. It's peace in Jesus. There's this relational aspect to peace. And that can pose some problems for us, can't it? Because often... We'd rather peace was a bit of a kind of gift or an accessory that God kind of threw our way. I'd like peace. So I'll keep doing my busy life. I'll keep doing the things that I want to do. And then God, if you could throw in your peace along the way, that would be awesome. And because then I could probably get a bit more done. Then I could probably actually achieve the things I'd like to achieve. So often we have this perception of the peace that we want is this thing that we're trying to attain. It's this additional, optional, extra thing that we'd love God to throw in please. But in those passages, what we hear is this invitation to God's peace, an open invitation to God's peace that comes with relationship with God. That comes with relationship through Jesus Christ. For some of us, that can be really problematic because that idea of relationship with God doesn't sit too well. On one hand, we want it. On the other hand, our experience of relationship and our experience of life and and what that looks like just means we're kind of once bitten, twice shy. So what are some of your thoughts about God? Because if we want the peace God has for us, if we want peace of mind that God invites us to, then there needs to be a willingness for relationship with God but yet if we can have an honest moment with ourselves, we recognise there's thoughts we have about God, there's thoughts and images of who God is that actually become barriers in the way of how we can access that peace. Because we want that relationship, but yet often our experience and our understanding of who God is and, and that's fed by all sorts of spaces, isn't it? It can be fed through our parental influence, you know, how our parents have, have kind of um, grown us. It can be fed by society and how they view God. It can be fed by a religion, a religious context that we've grown up with, how, how they have um, taught you about God and who he is. So we've got this kind of mix in our, in, our, in our minds of who God is and it's come from all sorts of places. And somehow in the midst of that, we're trying to access the peace that God has for us. Let me ask you a few questions. When you think of God, do you think of God as a condemning judge? Or do you think of him as a compassionate father? Do you focus more on avoiding God's anger or entering into his love? Do you pray because you should or because you desire to connect with God? Do you have such a strong need to be in control of your life or are you willing to surrender your life to your Maker? How we answer those questions says an awful lot about how we view God and how we approach God. Because if we think deep down that God's an angry God who's just waiting to catch us out, just waiting to expose us as we truly are, then that impacts how you come towards him, doesn't it? It means when you come before Him in prayer, you're constantly, you know, kind of shoulders hunched over, just apologising, asking for His forgiveness. There's a, there's a sense of kind of trying to escape something. If we feel like God's this God that's got a whole pile of things that we need to do, you need to pray, you need to come to church, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do this, then life's going to be very busy getting, trying to get all the things done in order to please God. Again, that's going to affect how we come before God and how we are able to access the peace that He offers us in Christ Jesus. On the surface, we may want God's peace. On the surface, we may may want to access what He's got for us. But then underneath, our thoughts sometimes can just sabotage us, can't they? They take us, they're so well, it's like a well-oiled machine in our minds that we don't even recognise sometimes. And my hope this morning as we talk about the peace of God, as you're invited into a relationship with God, that you might also have the courage to take some time and to ask yourself, how do I view God? How do I think of Him? Do I think of Him as a loving, compassionate God? Or am I trying to avoid His anger and His judgment? What I want to do this morning is give you three little tools This series has been very practical, hasn't it? Um, It's been a very practical series on how to uh, engage your mind and how to take the time to not just let your mind be... You know, I, I get this picture of, um. does anyone here know kind of the bobbleheads, you know, you get, you know, I kind of get that picture of, you know, if, if we're not careful, we all end up like bobbleheads where there's this big giant head that kind of just runs the show. <laughs> it's so heavy and so weighty and, you know, the bobblehead bodies are like this big, the heads are like this big and I think, you know, sometimes that's the challenge, isn't it? That when we allow our thoughts to be the controlling factor, to be the thing that decides everything, we get these massive, big heads, and we actually tend to think that our brain's God. We think that we can control our way, we can decide our way, we can problem solve our way to where we need to be. But as Louisa shared last week, and as we've all experienced, the times of worry and the times of distress and the times where life hasn't quite worked out, we just can't quite problem solve our way out, can we? no matter how much you stay up every night trying to think it through, no matter how many sleepless nights you have, you know, if you're one of those people like me where your brain just kicks in and you lie there and you just can't, your brain's just trying to problem solve. And sometimes I have to tell myself, stop, you will not problem solve your way out of this right now. And because if you notice the decisions you come up with in the middle of the night don't make sense in the morning. (laughs) Have you noticed that? I've even found myself in the middle of the night when I can't sleep because my brain's going crazy and, I, you know, I've gotten my phone and I've thought, like, never purchase anything at night, Lauren. Because <laughs> you go down these rabbit holes and all of a sudden you say, oh, I really like that. Oh, I might need that. And then the next day you're like, really? Why on earth did I actually ever purchase that? Or is that just me? <laughs> I've only done it twice, if I can have an honesty moment. But it's just amazing how in the middle of the night when our brains, when we give our brains too much power almost, they can just send us off track. So I've got three little tools I'm going to talk to you about this morning to, uh, to help us access the peace that God invites us into. Because the first thing we have to establish is that God does invite us into a relationship and He invites us into His peace. It's an open invitation. No matter what you've done, no matter what you've been through, no matter how you feel today, God's invitation to His peace is open. That's decided already. So that one's not up for grabs. My hope is that as you lean into that space that you might see and be able to um, experience that in greater measure. And these three things today are going to help you do that. The first one is thankfulness. Now being thankful in life, being thankful for God, being thankful for what he's done is sometimes not a natural thing starting point in our minds. I tend to be a bit more cynical, if I'm honest, in life. My natural response when I find new things is not, wow, isn't that amazing? My natural response is, hmm, interesting. Okay. And then I start to think about what would happen if that goes here or what will happen if this happens here. And my the cynical part of my brain tries to uh, analyse and critique things well before I'm thankful for them. But if you're not careful, that's a trap too, isn't it? We get trapped and everything is out to get us. So we better best check it all out, right? But as Teresa, Teresa, Louisa, spoke about last week in that Philippians passage, she talked about that idea of bringing your prayers and your your petitions to God with a thankful heart. And there's something about praying to a God who wants to hear from you. There's something about having a, a tone of thankfulness that actually changes some of how you think in your brain. Now, I'm no scientist. I don't sit here as someone who has a, you know, a a psychology degree or anything like that. But I know even in my own life that when I can allow myself to stop, when I can give myself some time and I can think and reflect upon that which I'm thankful for, it's amazing A lightness that can come over you sometimes. You know, I once watched a TED talk, and uh, this guy was was quite scientific, and so he had all these facts and bits and pieces. And you know, my brain didn't remember all those things. But what he landed on was he encouraged you to every day write down three new things to be thankful for. Now, I'd not heard that before. I've heard people say, you know, write down what you're thankful for, be grateful. But he said, no, no, not just things you're thankful for, but three new things. And he said, by writing down three new things each and every day, you're teaching your brain how to find new things to be thankful for. And so all of a sudden, you see them where you didn't see them before because you've taught yourself, no, no, I'm looking for new things to be thankful for. And it was I did it for a whole month as a way of just kind of a bit of an experiment. It was really interesting. It's actually not easy sometimes. You know, I kind of waited to the end of the day and I'm like, oh, what are some new things I'm thankful for? So it can't be things I said yesterday. And, uh, and I started to write them down and it was a really interesting thing to do. And can I encourage you, if you're someone who likes to journal, if you're someone who likes writing things down, that might be a great place for you to start. If you're wanting to know God's peace and you're wanting to draw closer into that relationship with him, begin by writing down what you're thankful for. As you do, it's amazing how that can be turned into a prayer to God as well. Lord, I'm so thankful for... Dun, 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 dun because acknowledging that ultimately he is the giver of good gifts. It's acknowledging that all things begin and end in him. And, you know, in the, in, uh, in, in the Gospels, when Jesus is speaking to his disciples, he teaches them how to pray. And, you know, when I was in primary school, we were still able to pray in uh, just the local kind of schools. And uh, it was not a Christian school by any standards, but we always had to say the Lord's Prayer at our, at our primary school assemblies. Now, it was quite some time ago. So our Lord's prayer used to be, you know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done and on and on it went. But this idea of our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, is really, Jesus was saying, when you begin to pray, pray like this. Father, thank you for who you are. There's a thanks that that He wanted us to begin with. Begin your prayers, not only with our Father, which says I'm joined, I'm connected. Because he didn't say my father, he said our father. But our father in heaven, God in heaven, thanks be to your name. And so often we just can get stuck in a rut, can't we? We get stuck in our negativity and we get stuck in our worry and our anxiety and we need to be told again and again, let's give thanks to God. Let's find things to be thankful for. Now, there's no day that that's going to be harder than when you're at rock bottom, is there? It's easy to do that on days when things are good. Oh, I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for the sunshine. I'm thankful for the birds. I'm thankful to be alive. But when you're down in the dumps, when life's throwing you just some really crappy curveballs, geez, that's hard. It's probably one of the hardest things you'll do. To be stuck in a rut to feel the weight of despair, to feel the disappointment, loss, and yet still find something to be thankful for. It's a little window of sunshine. It's a little ray of hope that says night won't last forever, that says the morning will come. I think of it like going through a tunnel when it's pitch black And then the further you get through the tunnel, there's a point at which it changes and all of a sudden you see a flicker of light, don't you? And then as you go through that tunnel and finally get to the end, the light is all that you see. So can I encourage you, God's peace, relationship with him, use thankfulness as a tool to access that. It negates the negativity, the cynicism that we are often found ourselves caught in. But not only can we be thankful, God loves it when we're honest. God loves our honesty. So often when we come into a space like this and we're in a, in a room like this, it's amazing how many masks we can wear, isn't it? You know, hi, how are you going? No one really is asking how you going, are they? <laughs> it's just hi. I wonder sometimes if we truly answered that question with honesty, how that would go. <laughs> Do you really want to know? <laughs> but God does really want to know. He really loves our honesty. You know, if you ever find yourself stuck and you're in the Bible and wonder what to read, if you head to the middle of the Bible and in a book called Psalms," it's full of prayers, honest, raw prayers that won't actually make a lot of sense because you go like, "Can you say that in the Bible? Are you allowed to ask God that? It's quite confronting. Because I think, you know, my prayers must need to be polished. So we start with thankfulness and then we just stay in a positive tone. (laughs) But when I read the Psalms, what I hear is men and women, gatherings, groups of people, praying to their God in ways that say, we don't understand what's going on. I'm not sure how we got here. But as you read through the prayers, it's amazing how a moment turns And yet, will I praise my Lord? But God, I acknowledge your goodness. But I will look to you and I will be amazed at all that you are. And I find the Psalms so encouraging because they allow me to not bring a sanitized version of life that I think God and others require, but to go, God's actually okay with my anger. He's okay with my kind of spoilt bratness. (laughs) He's okay with my my disappointments. You know, I remember a time very clearly when my um, my youngest boy was a toddler. He really put me through my paces. He's full of life. He's very curious, and so he's uh, very hard to control, which is a great thing. Teaches you an awful lot about yourself and your own need for control. And he used to have massive tantrums because he was probably too couldn't really. I've learned since then. He's an external processor, and if you don't know what that means, it means he talks. And his mind processes. Now, I'm an internal processor, which means I think. And then once I've worked it out, I'll let you know. So, he, so at two, he can't communicate properly. He's got all his brain, his neurons were just firing left, right and centre. He's curious about everything. And so you can imagine we used to find ourselves in some interesting spaces. And, oh, I used to be so frustrated that I couldn't make him go to his room. He's having a tantrum and I'm like, well, my other two children, at this moment I was able to say to them, right, off to your room till you've calmed down, he would not have a bar of it. He wasn't satisfied with this. And I remember picking him up sometimes and he's kicking and he's punching and I'm just like boiling inside. My blood is boiling. And I remember chatting to a friend going like, I just don't know what to do. And honestly, and I had one day in um, probably one of my worst parenting days Well, he was not doing as he was told and I was getting so angry. And I picked him up and I threw him on his bed and I shouted at him so loud. My voice was hoarse. Like, honestly, I lost control. Now, my husband was working from home at the time and uh, I walked out of the room and I just lost it crying at that point because I clearly had just lost it. He just walks out of his office and he's like, well, I think I might take over. But it was one of those moments where I realised, what do I do with this? What do I do with this anger? What do I do with this, you know, this feeling that I can't control him? And I had a great friend who just said to me, you know, he doesn't know what to do with his anger either. So he needs to know that you're big enough for it. He needs to know that his anger isn't going to cause you to fall apart. He needs to know that there's someone that's big enough to hold his anger, just like God's big enough to hold our anger. And oh, that was exactly what I needed to hear. Now it doesn't make it just simply easy all of a sudden, does it? You know, I still had to deal with my temper. But it was just exactly what I needed to hear because I knew that God was big enough for me. He was big enough to handle all of my ins and outs. And so in that moment, I realised I had an opportunity to model to my boy that he might be angry right now, that he might not understand why mum wants him to, you know, pick up that toy and put it away or whatever the occasion was. But I wanted him to know that, you know what, I'm big enough for all the confusion you might face. I'm big enough to just hold you when you need me to hold you. When days aren't working and things are falling apart, I wanted him to know that I was big enough to handle that. Now, I might go off into my room later and fall apart and (laughs) then fall into my God who's big enough for me. But do you hear the point that I'm trying to say? It's something really honest about how we feel that God really embraces. When we keep our thoughts in the dark space of our mind where we go over them again and again and again and we try and just fix things ourselves, they just get stuck But when you bring things out into the light, it's amazing. That's God's realm. God works in the light. Christ is the light. So we bring things with honesty into the light. We bring them into the space where God's like, Ah, good, I can work on that now. Oh, phew, I've known it all along. (laughs) Now together we can acknowledge it. You know, for many years in my um, kind of young adult life, I um, saw a counsellor to help me process and work through some of the things I'd experienced in life. And gee, I hated that (laughs) because I'd sit there for an hour and this wonderful uh, counsellor knew exactly how to unwind and, you know, kind of poke my buttons and he'd often try and get things out of me. He'd often try and get me to acknowledge out loud the things that he knew that I thought. And I'm a stubborn person. I wouldn't give in too easily. I've got memories of sitting and counting the bricks in the wall (laughs) while he was waiting for an answer. I've got moments of him saying like, wow, you're really committed, aren't you? (laughs) Because I knew what I wanted to say, but I just, I couldn't make myself say it. I didn't want it to, I didn't want to acknowledge it, you know, I didn't want to say it for what it was, you know. But something powerful happened when I, and I learned a lot through that season of realising, oh, you know what, I say these things, oh, gee, I feel lighter. (laughs) And it doesn't, again, make it magically go away, but I realised I needed to acknowledge these things. I needed to express them, not just have them told to me. And in doing so, it was a wonderfully powerful moment. You know, one time he looked at me and he talked about, you know, I was very, very stoic and I, you know, like don't cry very much. And he was asking me why it was that I wouldn't cry about some of the things that I'd experienced. And again, after a long, long silence, as I conjured up the courage (laughs) to try and answer And I said to him with real honesty, I said, I'm actually worried that if I start crying, I might never stop. And that was just a raw, honest moment. But it was such a freeing one as I acknowledged that. And then I realised, gee, that's absurd. (laughs) Of course I'd stop crying. But when I left it in here, geez, that had power over me. Because it made me go, I can't cry. Don't cry, Lauren. Don't let those tears out. But the moment I said that and I heard how absurd that was, I actually had a lot of freedom. And I didn't burst out crying in that moment. There's no fairy tale ending. But I did have moments where I realised actually it's okay to let that out. It's not going to overwhelm me. It's not going to overcome me. And I actually will be okay. And he had the wisdom to know that I needed to speak that out. I, he could have told me that. Hmm, I just nod my head, I'm sure. Sounds good. You don't really know. <laughs> Would have been the talk in my head, Right. Sometimes there are things we need to be honest about and God loves our honesty and our honesty before God and in a safe community allows us the ability to access God, to access relationship, honest, pure relationship with Him and just maybe we might get a glimpse of the peace that God's offering to us. But there's a third thing this morning that I want to talk to you about and third tool. We've got what was the first one? Anyone remember? Thankfulness. Thankfulness. Thank you. And Then we had honesty. And now the third one is surrender. Will we surrender to the shaping work that God wants to do in our lives? Because I think if we aren't willing to surrender, I'm not sure how we're able to find access to God's peace. Because there's a constant fight, isn't there? I'll stay in control as much as possible, thanks. And if you could give me peace, that'd be great. But I'm still in control. But relationship with God is all about surrender, isn't it? And that's why we're finishing on the peace of God because there are things we can do. There's ways we can change our thinking and there's things that we can do to bring our mind into a space that accepts God. But if the goal of that is that we are in control, we won't ever find the peace of God. Because if you train your brain in a way that's all about being in charge, all about calling the shots, all about having the final say, then you'll struggle to surrender to God and his shaping work in your life. Let me read you a quote. And it says, A spirit of willingness, a spirit of surrender, invites me to pause and turn to God Simply opening to God for a moment, letting God bring perspective and clarity. And I love that picture of surrender. Because so often when we hear surrender, we think of submit, right? And in our minds, there's a wrestling match going on, or there's some kind of, you know, fight happening, and submit is all about losing. It's all about saying, oh, I submit, you win. But the kind of surrender God invites us to is very different. It's a willingness to be open to him. It's a willingness to trust that he has good things for us. It's actually a moment of incredible strength. Because it's only when you're sure of this God, when you're sure that he's good and compassionate, that you actually can take your foot off the pedal and allow him to drive. Now, there's times where I laugh in my own life and I realise, oh, I'm back in the driver's seat. (laughs) I was over in the passenger seat for a bit, but oh, yep, no, jumped back there pretty quick. And I tell you, if you want to know whether you like control in life or not, drive with a learner driver. You'll learn pretty quickly how much you like control. Your foot's pushing into the floor. You're trying to grab any old steering wheel. Just one hand on the handbrake, <laughs> just in case I need it. And we laugh, and that's a funny picture. But, you know, sometimes it's very real. That, uh, that picture of needing control in moments like that, you know, as that anxiety rises, as that kind of heat comes to the surface, we realise that we don't give up surrender very much. But can I give you a picture of surrender? It's not a wrestling match where you submit. It's more like floating on your back in water. You know when you're in water and if you give in to the water and you float on your back... You can float for a really long time. Now, if you think too hard about it and you scurry, the water comes in and you come down again, don't you? But there's something really peaceful about floating in the water and trusting that the current that you're in will take you where it needs to go. And that's the picture of surrender I think God invites us to. One that does indeed seem very peaceful. (laughs) I'm amazed you get businesses now, right, where you go and pay to float. I find that fascinating. I feel like telling people, do you know there's an ocean? (laughs) Like, I live in the northern beaches, so I feel like it's obvious to me. But maybe you guys don't know that. I'm not sure. But I'm like, you can go into the ocean and you can float in the ocean. You don't have to pay anyone. You just park and you float. But there's something beautiful about that picture, isn't there? About surrender to God. And, you know, we are a fickle people, aren't we? There's moments where we give that surrender where we allow our openness to God. And, you know, maybe you felt that this morning as we just in simple, beautiful worship are able to sense that God is good, that he's for me. You know, you might have felt a a moment of surrender there where you felt you could let your guard down and, oh, that felt good. But then you might go back to life this afternoon, might not be going as planned, and you might find yourself in that driver's seat pretty quickly. (laughs) But can I encourage you, don't be despondent by how often you find yourself back in the driver's seat. Just recognise it once again and choose to float again. Choose to get out of the seat and hop in the passenger seat. You might do that 100 times a day. All good. You're in good company. But God constantly invites us to a place of surrender. And it's a tool, it's a, it's, it's a gateway to his peace because it allows us to connect to find relationship with him. So this morning, as we sum up and wrap up here, I just want to encourage us that God's peace, the peace of God is accessible to us. We're invited into God's peace. The invitation is through relationship, yes. It will be scary and might feel costly at times. But the invitation is open. It's constant. And if we can understand thankfulness, if we can be honest and if we can, allow ourselves to surrender, I do believe that they'll allow us to be open to receive that peace over and over again. Now, there are other tools you can find to access that as well. This is by no means an exhaustive list, but they're just the three things I wanted to share with you today. But to finish up today, I wanted to pray over us if that's okay. I'd love to just pray peace over us. Paul talks about it in that passage in Philippians that we've referred to. That a peace which transcends all understanding will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. That it's a peace that we can't understand, it's a peace that we can't problem solve our way towards, but it's a peace that God has opened to us. So I'm going to invite you to close your eyes if you do that when you pray. And I'm going to invite you, if you want to have a sign of surrender, feel free to open your hands out in front of you as a way of just saying to God, Yes, I'm open, I'm willing. Let me just pray. Oh Lord, release us from the fears and the guilts that grip us so tightly. From the expectations and the opinions which we so tightly grip. That we may be open to receiving what you give. That we may be open to risking something genuinely new. That we may be open to learning something refreshingly different. Oh God, gather me to be with you as you are with me. Amen. It's a privilege to play our part in all that God is doing in and through you. To find out what your next step could be or to partner with us to reach more and more people by giving financially, head to our website elevatechurch.me and download our Elevate Church AU app, available wherever you download your apps.